Welcome to the Chat Club Podcast, where you are not alone in your mental health journey. It's okay that you're not okay today. Where discussions on mental health challenges like anxiety, grief, interviews with people that deal with challenges in mental health. Also, discussions on positive coping mechanisms, positive motivation, self-help, a little hope, and thinking creatively. Remember, there's only one rule in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. Take a seat, relax, and listen. Here is your host, Alan Hilchey. Hello, Chat Clubbers. Welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host, as you well know. And there's only one rule, and we know that rule. Everyone talks about mental health. So I'm coming into my episode number 48. I'm almost hitting 50, which is a milestone in my Podbean app. Um, I want to talk about mental health for men. I want to talk about how they suffer in silence. And I was one. Uh, and I suffered for many years. And I want to really dive into why. Uh, what mental health issues affect men and... Just different things in society, you know. I want to just do a, a really broad view, and I really want to get into this. So when we're talking to mental health, it's a health crisis for men, I think, more than ever. I think they struggle in silence. They struggle to be the person of the house, the man, the breadwinner, the man that makes more money, the man that takes care of the bills. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility. There's so much... There are many biological and sociological gender differences between men and women. And there's so many different things. When a man suffers in silence, it's society does a lot of things and they. It's hard to explain, but I did get some information off the internet and. I am going to use some of their stuff because it, it validates a lot of the things that are basically what men need. Um, and they talk about a lot of things. They talk about stigma. Um, and stigma is a huge thing around mental health itself. But with men, it's so much more because we're supposed to be stronger. We're supposed to be the ones that... Yeah, you know, suck it up, put it to the other part of our brain, and, you know, it's not mental illness that kills. It's the stigma associated with it, and that's what it is. Nearly 9 out of 10 men with mental health problems say that stigma and discrimination have a neg negative impact on their lives, and their problems are made worse by the stigma and the discrimination that they experience not only from society, but also family and friends and employers. Wow. That's a powerful statement. Um, and I do agree. Tackling the stigma is one of the most challenging areas of mental health promotion. Ignorance, misinformation leading to stigma attached to mental illness. Historically, people with mental illness were stereotyped as violent, dangerous, and unpredictable. And we put them in central care and we locked them down and medicated them. But that's not the case anymore. I mean, there's a lot of medication. There's a lot of therapy, as I've discussed on my previous podcast. So, fact. Mental health problems are very common. 25% of us will experience a mental health issue within a given year. People with mental health conditions can snap out of it. 
People with mental health conditions aren't lazy, they're ill. Men with mental health problems are weak. That's such a bad, bad, bad statement. In the last statement I said about people with health con- or mental health conditions could snap out of it. No, it's not, it's not that easy. You know, until you've endured it, until you've had it. And a lot of people like to ignore that sort of thing. So I'm going to dive into something a little more like Big Boys Don't Cry, uh, Awareness, Men Don't Speak, and they talk about that on TikTok, and they they talk about it, but this is really serious. Like, I don't know the TikTok, if they know how serious it is that men don't talk, and it's such a hard thing to talk about, like these issues, you know, I mean... Men struggle, you know, being the breadwinner, as I said before. So traditional society norms position men to be the financial provider in the home. However, the decline in industries like manufacturing have certainly left a lot of men unemployed. And with men, you know, women are a large part of this, like, national workforce. And among men, it's it's like they almost taunt each other and it, it, I know it's a good fun, but you don't know what, how you're, how you're impacting the other person. And you talk about all these different um, sexual, like non-binary, and you're gay, or different sexualities, and, and we have to be very sensitive with them. But with men, there doesn't seem to be that sensitivity. Um, doesn't mean because they're supposed to take it, they're supposed to be able to take it. Um, and a lot of men feel a lot of guilt that they've put themselves in positions where their mental health has gone down and, and they feel guilt and they feel like a burden and, and they don't want to discuss it. And I was one of those people. Uh, media, horrible, horrible on people. This is not only a problem that affects men, social media. It affects worldwide Everything. And when you're lacking something in your life and it causes depression and other mental health conditions, you know, all the holidays, like grieving, all kinds of different things. And there's some groups of men that feel rejected. And, and that's understandable. I mean, they feel more hopeless, more resigned to die more likely to get a greater capacity to act in self-harm, more unconcerned with consequences of their actions, which could mean they, they're driving a motorbike or a motorcycle and they're going really, really fast. It means that they're in a state they don't care. More likely to be intoxicated because they can't say their feelings. So they have to mask it through being, you know, inebriated or, or under the influence. Uh, more willing to carry out it actions that may leave them injured or disfigured and I talked about that I mean this and the list goes on like high substance abuse for among men is very high too the pressures um, and we talk about men overcoming you know gender stereotypes I mean to be honest I mean do we really know how a man feels? Do we really know why they suffer in silence? Do you know why? 
it's not the cool thing to say that I won't talk about it. There's a lot of underlying issues that you're embarrassed to put yourself in a position you got there. Men aren't supposed to be there. Men aren't supposed to be tough and resilient and they're supposed to have all of these different things. But there's so many stigmas around men. They're not allowed to talk. And their willingness to talk about their challenges and their mental health challenges, their feelings are very different. Their, their perceived standards of masculinity and stigmas surrounding their support. And it continues to be a conversation that is not good. And there's a higher percentage of men that are in the suicidal range as far as committing suicide because of this, because of the silence and not even being able to take this off the chest. I mean, you, there's so many different things. It's, it's staggering to see how, and I was there, and I'm going to get to my story in a second, and I'm going to talk about my story, and I'm going to be, It's going to bring a back of a lot of emotions for me, but I think it's very important that I discuss it. If I'm talking the talk and preaching the talk, then I have to walk the walk and I have to walk what preach what I, you know, say because I'd be a hypocrite if I don't come out and say that I, you know, experienced this and I most certainly did. And I struggled holding my feelings in because of the numerous traumatic things that I saw when I worked in the youth jail and the, a lot of things that I've seen was youth in distress youth hurting themselves blood I've seen them try to take their lives like legitimately and you have to be there day in and day out and every day everybody wants something for you and that's every shift that's 12 hours and sometimes you don't get those breaks because one of the kids is yelling or doing something or making more undue stress on you. And I understand that this, it's a part of the profession. I understand that it is what it is. I understand what I got to do, what I signed up for. But this is a staggering figure. On the average, approximately 4,000 Canadians take their own life each year. Of those suicides, 75% are men. Wow, that's darn high. Another staggering thing, and I talked about sexuality, gay men have a higher rate of depression, anxiety, suicidal, self-harm, substance abuse, in comparison to heterosexual part, part counterparts. Pretty high, pretty high. So we're going to look in Canada in order of the highest to the lowest. Highest is none of it, Northwest Territories, Yukon, my province ranks four. Quebec, Saskatchewan, Alberta have the highest suicides among men in Canada. New Brunswick's fourth. Fourth. That's that's staggering. Um, I will say one thing. I never ever come to the decision that I wanted to take my own life. I knew that there's many reasons I needed to live on this and I needed to find them and I had to search. And I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm telling you right now, but it's not easy. But I'm going to get back to my story. My story was, uh, 
I'm separated now, um, but in my former relationship, I come to a point and I was at a wedding and I decided to divulge and, you know, alcohol might have played a difference, but I was ready to divulge my, you know, my struggles and I divulged them and, oh boys, I never felt so humiliated in my life. It was not important. Uh, the other person, it was more important because it was the work function and it was more important for that person to um, to have their excitement and stuff and maybe it was the wrong time to do it but I felt at that point I thought it was a good time. There was a lot of things leading into it. Um, um, my partner had a boss that was very interested in my partner and I could see it and I honestly thought I was losing that person and I became vulnerable and I laid it all out that I struggled and I, you know, and I was in tears and I never cry, but I was in tears. Maybe it was alcohol induced, I'm not 100% sure, but I was ready and it was like getting a kick in the midsection. It, it, it took everything out of me and I think that night I started to see my partners, who they are, and started to maybe fall out of love with them. I don't know, uh, but I know at that point, I put some def defensive mechanisms to never be in that situation again. So what I did at that point, being embarrassed, and my male ego was hit to the bottom, like I felt like I was incapable. I felt my partner was a better person, that they deserved someone better. Like There were so many emotions that come with that. And guys do think that. They just don't say it. They don't want to say it. They don't want to be vulnerable. We are taught at an early age, at least in my generation, that we're supposed to be tough and we're supposed to deal with things and we're supposed to never show our fear. And and, and I was double consequenced with that because I had to be tough in corrections too because our clients could sniff out fear or breaks in your armor. And... That was a double tough one because I had to, in, in back in that day, uh, mental health wasn't like huge. This is like 70 years ago, maybe longer. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm sitting there letting out my inner personal feelings of I was struggling and I see things and I have shakes and nightmares and I have depression and I have high anxiety and I was looked upon as I was nothing as I was mud I was garbage I was never consoled never listened to so do you think that other men have that similar situation I'm pretty sure they do or they watch other men go through it with their their spouses or wives or relationships and they hear that and I'm like oh my going there man we're gonna we're gonna deep we're gonna put that deep in the head and that's why a lot of men will not talk about that and they go to suicide because they don't want to be a burden they don't want to look weak they don't want to look like they're insignificant in the world because we all want to be a part of this world and we all want to be seen and we all want to be a part of this world but if you can't see past your 
what everyone is telling you and the stigmas, how is men are supposed to divulge their feelings? Like, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just come out and... But a lot of people are, aren't in the position to do this. They're, they're scared. They're scared to make these leaps and bounds because they've had so many barriers. If you had that many barriers, do you think you'd come out? And the expectation in society is women are supposed to be more open with their feelings, but men have a hard time because they get beat, beat down. Whether it's a partner, spouse, or whatever. My situation. Holy moly, that set me back. That set me back. That made me hateful. That made me not go to work. I didn't see this. But I'm sure other people did. But I, how do we solve this problem? How do we get from being people in a society that think that men are should be stronger, should be tougher, you know, the stigma that men face is unreal. And I'm not saying that we're the only ones that have problems. No. But the burden of the toxic masculinity that we're supposed to possess, it really comes down to the way we're brought up. We're brought up by our fathers, which is generational. Do I blame my father for that? Absolutely not. I blame society for not changing. I blame society for for not recognizing men. Trying to reduce the, st like the stigma. Like, when is it time to ask for help? Is, do we have to sign a waiver and say, you know, is it okay that I talk about my feelings now? Or should I, you know, before I get into this, and I'm in it for the minute, or the five minutes, or the ten minutes, or the 15 or the hour. Are you going to be receptive? Are you going to judge me? That's harsh. Because I know with that certain thing, I felt like a bag of poop. I felt like I was insignificant, worthless. How did I get out of it? Well, it took a long time. It took about another three or four years to figure out. I'm worth it. I'm worth being that person. I'm worth being listened to. And I bring a lot of other things to the table that that partner didn't understand. But that's okay. We're not together anymore. That's perfect. Because here's the reason. I took it as an opportunity to rebuild myself. To open myself up to know what my red flags are in relationships. Those are huge, huge things for me as, as a person to understand my limitations and know those red flags. And if I come into another relationship, which I did, I come in with an open heart. I come in with an open mind. This is what I like to do. In this relationship, has it been cookies and cream? Not the whole time. But the biggest thing that in this new relationship that I am, it's communication. Um, the communication is unreal. Um, and I still do struggle with this communication thing because I never had it before, right? You know, I had 20 years of, you know, walking out and don't want to discuss it or, 
you know, it's only one way or the other way. I mean, I literally have to sit down and communicate. And I have to listen to other person's feelings and my feelings. And we have to come up with a resolution. Is it hard? You wouldn't believe it. I struggle. I struggle because not only in these situations, you always go back to what you used to do. Run and hide. Or I'm not talking about it right now. I'm, I need a breath of fresh air. I need a lot of different things. And, you know, you, when it really comes down to it, you really have to work. So, I mean, if you see a man struggling and you're trying to support them, they really need confidentiality. You can't be talking about how they're struggling and that because no one wants to hear how they're struggling. If they're okay and they let it out like I do, it's okay. But if someone's out there and they're really letting out a lot of feelings and anxiety issues and they're talking about their mental health challenges, that's confidence in you. You're the one they're confiding into. They're the one that they're laying all their eggs out. Just hoping that somebody will listen to them. And out of those 75% that did commit suicide in Canada, we're probably looking for that person over time, and it just the pain became overwhelming. And they ended up taking their life because they just... The society has taken men's masculinity to the point where we're supposed to be invulnerable, like invincibility, and we're supposed to be the tough ones. We're supposed to be Superman without, without the superpowers, and we're supposed to be this and that. But we're not. I struggled with this for years trying to talk about this. And I'm telling you, once you hit that point, man, that you do find your safe spot. And you just find your safe spot. You find your safe spot. You get to vent. It helps. It so much does. I can tell you. Been there. Done that. Has every therapist helped me? No. you got to find the right one. It took me two times, and I was very fortunate when I found somebody that I worked with that did counseling that understood where I was coming from. And you need people to understand where you're coming from, what you're doing. So important because if you're doing shift work, they need to know that they need to understand shift work. You need to understand a little bit of policing, shift work, law enforcement, paramedic, doctor, nurse. Teachers, because of our new technology, because of our advancements in technology, every profession in the world can be viewed from a cell phone, from somebody getting the wrong side of the story. Because there's a lot of wrong sides of the story. When it gets thrown on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, all this stuff, they're only putting in half the story. And it's very frustrating when that happens. But that's another subject. But we're talking about men. Men. The Complete Guide to Mental Health Care for Men. Types of mental health conditions. Depression. Anxiety disorder. Social anxiety disorder. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Bipolar disorder. Schizophrenia. So 
these are some of them. And all the anger, aggressiveness, irritability, frustration, substance misuse, trouble concentrating, persistent feelings of worry. They're all mental health conditions. And now they're all the same. But with men, they hold everything in. Seen a tech talk. Who can you talk to? Nobody. But that's on us too. We're going to have to find those people. Men are going to have to find people they can talk to. And they're going to have to talk about their feelings. And they're going to have to get a little deep. And they're going to have to open up their soul. Because I'm telling you, it's really exhilarating when you can come out and you can talk about your feelings. And you can turn it around and take the pressure off. And the anxiety gets lower and your your outlook gets a little more hope and you see the little things better it's what it's all about it's about the journey of healing yourself mentally um you're not going to see the injury and no one's ever going to see the injury but people have to recognize people aren't faking when they when they're just stealing this you can see the pain in their eyes and a lot of times when people get presented with a situation and it's like suicide intervention when i teach it uh, there's that deer in the headlight look. Oh, gosh, where do I go now? The biggest thing you can do to support people is to listen. Let them tell their story. Let them vent. Don't interject. Don't say your opinion. And don't talk about your feelings and how you dealt with it. Because we're not talking about you. We're talking about the person. The person is venting. What I like to do when I'm talking to people is I like to mirror so you're not feeling very good today. So I hear that, you know, you're not doing good. You have anxiety. What happened? Can you tell me? Dive into the story. Some people don't want to get deeper because they're attached and they're scared. And I get it. But people want to hear. They just want to vent. And all you have to do is mental first aid. And the definition of mental first aid is to get them safe. If they're in them suicidal. And hopefully a lot of times this doesn't come to the situation. But if it does, you need professional help. You got to keep them safe. You got to take the obstacles out of them. You got to take the pills, the alcohol, the weapons, the ropes, the keys to the car, stuff like that. Take it away and make them give it to you. And you got to turn around and say, how can we, how do you think we can make a safe plan? What can we do right now? They're going to tell you they're going to tell you exactly what they're going to do. And they're going to if they want to help themselves the plan they're going to talk about the plan because it's about them. You can guide them. But don't tell them whatever what to do. You can't do this cuz you have that many kids and you have a marriage and you have 30. They don't want to hear that right now. They want to focus on them. It's not about their family, it's not about them. It's about their feelings right now not about they're well aware that they have families and stuff in the conversation if you can so have you talked to your wife about this have you talked about your partner this that sort of thing but I'm getting into suicide interventions what I'm really going to do assist but I want to go there biggest thing about men is they will not talk and if you can get their ear and they start to divulge you need to find solutions 
And a lot of times they can find their own solutions. Why I'm on this podcast? Because I was encouraged by my coworkers that I could have a voice that people would listen. Have a voice that people can have a safe place to listen to my podcast. A safe space because they don't have counseling or anybody to vent to or anybody that had any similar things to them. Because once you get in that state, you think you're the only one that has these problems, these mental health challenges or anything. You own it. It's yours. And you don't see anybody else. It's like blinders on a horse. You see the path. I encourage everybody to get themselves into a situation to get help if they do so need it. I think it's stronger to raise your hand and say, hey, I need some help over here. And you may be a leader, but a silent leader. Because not every man's going to say, hey, I'm right behind you. They're going to see how it plays out. They're going to see how you adjust. And I think I've helped several people in my former institution when I talk about this. This is real, and I don't know how to do what the solutions are. But I just wanted you to let you know that I got through this. I got through the silence. I cut through it. I broke through the wall. And I decided that my mental health and my life in redefining myself was more important than feeling embarrassed or feeling that I was a burden because in actuality it's the opposite when I come through the other side of the light the hope and the little things that I've said before I came through the light and I'm not saying I'm healed I'm not saying I'm better but I'm better than that person that first started I'm way better I have more coping mechanisms. I have more tools in my box, as they call it. But I'm better and I'm more self-sufficient. Do I have my breakdown sometimes? Yes. Do I get quiet? Yes. Do I get sad? Yes. Do I get a little bit of anxiety? Sometimes I do. Sometimes those things come up. But I've got to understand that's the past, and i got to leave it in the past. How do you do? How do you get through that? You find ways. You learn ways. You go to counseling. If you need medication, it's okay. That's prescribed. Maybe you do need it. For me, it wasn't an option right now. Down the road, it might be. I don't know where my life's going to entail to. But I know one thing. I'm not doing it today. And I'm surviving and and I've got lots of hope. And lots of big things. Because my hope and little things went to hope and bigger things. Because I took stepping stones. I took A, B, C, D to get where I am. And I hope this all made sense because I was just trying to come from a place and I'm, it's one of the first things ever to steal from my former relationship. And that was a little upsetting. But it's okay. Because I think it's important to share these things to understand that our relationships, if you don't mix and it's toxic, Get out of it. So many narcissistic people out there, and that is a mental illness, narcissistic disorder. So many of them out there that are more worried about themselves than 
their children, their spouses, their partners, and anything. Recognize those red flags and get out of them. You're going to be better. You're going to find someone that's going to find you exhilarating and beautiful and handsome and so smart and brave. All those things that you want to hear is in a positive relationship and communication. It's key. So I hope you enjoyed it. I was a little long-winded in this podcast. I did not mean to go this long. I hope I went over some things about why men are the way they are. But hopefully the stigma can reduce. Because there's a lot of men that are... And it's not only the mental health. It's their sexuality. There's non-binary. There's, you know, being bisexual, um, being pansexual, being homosexual being a lot of different things there's a lot of different sexualities and men don't want to divulge that because there are other people are so judgmental right now about this stuff it's even twice as bad on men but there's hope and hopefully down the road that people in society will start to start to be a little more not tolerant that is not the word Embracing, embracing who you are and what you stand for. And don't forget who you are. You look in that mirror and you say, I'm worth it because you definitely are worth it. This place is way better with you in it. There's a lot of people that really care about you. You just don't see it. People admire you. Remember that. I'm Alan Elchie. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this one. And I'm going to talk to you really soon. Thank you for listening to the Chat Club Podcast with your host, Alan Hilchi. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play or where you download your podcasts. Be sure to check out Chat Club Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Remember, there is only one rule in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. Be sure to catch our next episode.